Hello, it is November 17, 2015. My name is Eddie, and I will be your host and narrator that will be delivering updates periodically uh, as information filters in or as I come across and locate it. Be assured that any information that I do provide will be from credible sources, meaning they will not be coming from your typical blog sites or rantings of any sorts. Um, my objective is to provide information regarding the tragedy and provide it with an unbiased um, provide it in an unbiased way. So this way people can make up their mind after hearing the information. Lately it seems that media sources are not doing their job mainstream media, as in your local news stations, or even cable news stations, radio stations. It depends on the side of the aisle that they are leaning towards Would will be the uh, information that you will be receiving about the attack, which to me is pitiful, absolutely pitiful. I don't understand why people just can't do their jobs these days. So, anyway, uh, the article that I will be reading today will, is written by Brandon Webb, and it comes from the website that I had just mentioned earlier, which is the uh, Special Operations Force Situation Report. The article is titled, Benghazi Heroes Death Benefits Held Up by Senate Intel Committee as Hillary's Benghazi Gate scandal festers. Again, the, the author is Brandon Webb, and this is from a different perspective, other than executive government personnel and uh, and any type of analysis from a person that has never seen beyond their office door. <laughs> so let's begin. Hillary Clinton continues struggling to distance herself from the radioactive fallout from the attacks on the State Department compound in Benghazi, Libya, in 2012 that left four Americans dead. SoftRep, which is the website that I'm reading from, has recently uncovered information not previously released by the press. Many are quick to light their torches and encircle presidential candidate Hillary Clinton without due process. It's worth taking a step back to acknowledge that Clinton's role as Secretary of State was largely to serve as a public figurehead. The day-to-day, on-the-ground operations were run by Patrick Kennedy. Take a moment and think of it like a dysfunctional, public, publicly-held company. Hillary was the chairman of the board, but not the CEO. The true decision-makers directly responsible for the lack of security, preparedness in Libya, and poor decision-making in the aftermath of the attacks were Under Secretary of Management Patrick Kennedy, the CEO in this metaphor, and Charlene Lamb, the Senior VP. The big questions that should be asked by the House Select Committee on Benghazi are, why didn't Mrs. Clinton hold Kennedy and Lamb accountable in the aftermath, and what do these two have on her that keeps Hillary blocking and tracking in the media for two diplomats 
whose decisions got good Americans killed that day. Below is a transcript of what Johnson and Clinton said during the Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on January 23, 2013. Clinton. I was aware of the ones that were brought to my attention. They were part of our ongoing discussion about the deteriorating threat environment in eastern Libya. We certainly were very conscious of them. I was assured by our security professionals that repairs were underway, additional security upgrades had taken place. Johnson. Thank you. Did you see personally the cable on, I believe it was August 12th, specifically asking for basically reinforcements for the security detail that was going to be evacuating or leaving in August? Did you see that personally? Clinton. No, sir. Johnson. Okay. When you read the AB, the ARB, it strikes me as how certain the people were that the attack started at 9.40 Benghazi time. When was the first time you spoke to, or have you ever spoken to, the returnees, the evacuees? Did you personally speak to those folks? Clinton. I've spoken to one of them, but I waited until after the ARB had, done, had been done with their investigation because I didn't want there to be anybody raising any issue that I had spoken to anyone before the ARB conducted its investigation. In Safrep's original reporting on Benghazi, we learned that the members of Hillary's staff did in fact pull people aside before they went before the ARB investigative body. We also uncovered that Patrick Kennedy kept Ambassador Stevens' personal computer and journal in his office over three weeks before finally turning them over to the FBI. An obvious lack of transparency, business as usual for Hillary and Kennedy's State Department. Benghazi highlights three important issues for this writer. One, a schizophrenic U.S. foreign policy strategy, I use the term strategy loosely, that has created instability in the world and wasted American lives in the process. This spans the last two presidencies. Two, political and bureaucratic dysfunction in Washington that is paralyzing America. True Paralysis and Analysis Q, the 100-slide PowerPoint and interagency squabbling at its pre-9-11 finest. And three, most important, the death of two American former Navy SEALs, Ty Woods and Glenn Doherty. And CIA contractors has uncovered the soft, dirty underbelly of American paramilitary contracting and the families who are left behind to pick up the pieces. Under the Defense Base Act of 1941, Navy SEAL CIA contractor Glenn Doherty's family received no benefit, no death benefits. This despite the fact that Glenn paid into a policy he believed would, would have provided for his estate in the event of his death. Until Benghazi, it was not clearly understood in the contracting community that DBA only allows a death benefit to be paid in cases where the individual was married or had dependent children. Since Glenn was unmarried, the policy paid no death benefit, and his family and state were left to pay the bill. An American hero, 
was buried without help from the government. But Glenn's family wasn't the first to be affected by this. A source close to the family revealed to SOFREP that CIA Director John Brennan, in a bold move, authorized a plan to provide discretionary retroactive payments of $400,000 each incident to over 50 families of paramilitary contractors who were killed overseas supporting American interests since 1983. This would provide for some financial relief, but more importantly, it would finally bring recognition from the federal government for their sacrifice and some closure for their families. Director Brennan sent this proposal forward for approval and months later the payments to the families are still being held up by the Senate Intelligence Committee, chaired by Richard Burr and Diane Feinstein. The tragedy of Hillary's Benghazi Gate is that the State Department unnecessarily repeated mistakes made in the dual embassy bombings in Africa in the 1990s. After the bombings, the State Department hired Booz Allen to provide an assessment, one which had many recommendations. Those same recommendations, years later, are now being made again by the State Department's own Accountability Review Board. What difference does it make? I lost a best friend in Glen Doherty that day in Benghazi, and America lost four good men. The difference in how the situation could have been handled is what's important to Hillary Clinton, and the chance had the chance to take ownership of the situation and hold people responsible for Benghazi accountable. Instead, she did neither. And why? My time in the Navy and SEAL teams taught me about leadership and good leaders hold themselves and their subordinates accountable. Hillary had her chance. That ship has sailed. Now it's up to us, the citizens of America, to pressure our elected officials to do the right thing and to honor Glenn Duarte and Ty Woods, and to make sure that this never happens again to any other American contractor's family. Summary note. Congressman Stephen Lynch has also introduced a bill the Glenn Anthony Doherty Overseas Security Personnel Fairness Act that amends the DBA to ensure that full death benefits are extended to the families or designated beneficiaries of the contractors who have died in service to our country as a result of a war risk hazard or an act of terrorism. The bill would be retroactive to September 11, 2001. The Lynch bill is currently stalled in the House. What can you do? Well, you can, number one, share this post on social media. Number two, contact your state's House and Senate representative and ask them to push this along. And that's the end. Now, my comments. I recently, actually before recording this and posting it, had checked on that bill and it's still stalled. Nothing's happening with it. It's just sitting there. It's pathetic. It really is. I mean, really unbelievable. So I urge you, it, this has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. It has to do with what's right. And Americans lost their lives saving others for our country. They fought for our country whether they were contractors or whether they were 
actually enlisted in our military. The point is that they gave their lives in service for our country. And now we need to do something to thank them for that. So please, I urge you, again, I will repeat what the author had wrote. Share this post on social media. Contact your state and house senate rep representative and ask them to push this along. The bill's name again is the Glenn Anthony Doherty Overseas Security Personnel Fairness Act. Glenn Anthony Doherty Overseas Security Personnel Fairness Act. And that will conclude this evening's report and I look forward to posting more for you to hear and have a good evening or good afternoon or good morning. Thank you.